0: Hello and welcome to the Serpent Temple podcast. This week, it is me, Nina, and Floyd, my co-host, speaking to you. We are going to be reviewing some albums. The albums shall be Immolation's recent release, Acts of God, Tuscar's recent release, Matriarch, and Venom Prison's recent release, Erebos. So shall we start with Immolation? Floyd, let's, what did you Let's
1: think? start. It uh, feels good to be doing reviews again. It's been a while, is not yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, so Immolation, legendary band from the New York death metal scene.
0: From Yonkers. From Yonkers,
1: New York. Same place as Tommy Dreamer, legendary ECW wrestler. Yes. And uh, Eddie Kingston, another wrestler who's making waves in uh, AEW at the moment. Um, But yeah, the, the New York scene I've always been a big fan of. And they're one of the three big Asians. You've got your... Yes. You've got Suffocation, you've got Incantation and Immolation. For for a period of time, I was thinking, any death metal bands that, that ends with <laughs> the word Sean, I'm going to check out because they've all been sick so far. <laughs> but um, yeah, so this band's been going since 1988, which I didn't know. I know they've been kicking about for a while, but I, even I was a bit shocked to find out they've been going that long.
0: And before that, there was like three of the members were in Rigor Mortis as I well. I so. From 86, yeah, yeah. and then they, they had a demise.
1: And uh, they've had a relatively uh, steady lineup as well. So Ross Dolan's so always been on bass and vocals. Aye. Member from the very beginning. Robert Vigna on guitars. Uh, Steve Chalatay, who's a long-time drummer. He's been the drummer since 2003. And uh, Alex Books, Box, do you pronounce it? Also on guitars, he's been the guitarist. This is a second out in, is the, I believe, the rhythm guitarist. Um, and uh, also a member of Incantation as well as Gorophobia. So... Um, I could say a lot about Incantation because I've been a big fan. So I'm actually very curious to know what you thought of this album. So I can't remember if we've even talked about Incantation before. Immolation. <laughs> about how? <laughs> fucking hell. Immolation.
0: Yeah. You did it twice. You did, did it, it twice. twice.
1: This is the problem when you've got bands that have such similar fucking names. Immolation.
0: I swear to God. I'm... <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, Well, I like incantation and (laughs) emulation. I'm glad you asked. Yeah, Yeah, I saw this album drops um, like two, three weeks ago. And I was like, you know, it's been like a month since. I mean, there's been a few albums that have come out, but now it's the things are picking up. So I'm excited whenever something new drops, I'm listening to it. And yeah, this was a beautiful, lovely surprise. I knew it was going to be good. Um, And it it was, it was, it was immediately fantastic. It's got this wonderful sort of pounding energy to it um, really like heavy brutal pace um, I've written the words chuggy catchy and stompy which Ooh, I think nice. um, encapsulates this album for me yeah Shem keeps throwing the horns that yes like my a... brother <laughs> chuggy chuggy <choggy. laughs> <laughs> welcome to on? the Turple podcast where <laughs> oh, we know how to speak god.
1: Oh, I swear to god <laughs> I was, gonna, I was just going to say chuggy, catchy, and stompy. It's like some alternative names for like the Hobbits. From <laughs> What's the
0: name of the other? The 7th Hobbit. Beaufort. Beaufort, is nuts. Beaufort, these nuts, baby. Ah, oh, yes. Okay. Um, now that's out the way. Um, yeah, it's a fucking good album. Um, I, I I think it's amazing that they've gone through so many albums because like A is 15 songs, which is a fucking lot of songs. And yeah. B is what, like their 12th, 11th album? Something
1: like that. Yeah, this is, they've released a lot of albums. Um, They have, in my opinion, one of the um, strongest discographies of any death metal band. In particular, they had a four-album run that started with Here and After. Uh, Then you had Failure for Gods, Close to a World Below, then Unholy Cult. And those four albums are like peak, peak death metal. And all the albums are good, but those four in particular, it's kind of like they've kind of replicated what Slayer done with their first four albums but the death metal equivalent in my opinion
0: oh you know what i was looking on uh, metal archives and there was a beautiful typo in the lyrics because um, like I, I i was reading the lyrics and i was like wow this album these guys do not like religion yeah. um and I, I read an interview they were like they, they're not actually uh, they're not like bad on religious people they just like he, he doesn't like throw shade on the people necessarily it's just it's they're not into religion it's all anti-church which is i'm glad it's anti-church and not like anti-muslim or something like that because that's always a whole other kettle of fish however th- it was you know damn like you really must hate the church um to be writing 11 albums about this yeah. and i think it was only on like in 2018 20- Thirteen or twenty ten, early twenty tens or whatever, they actually started doing political stuff too. On top of that, which is so funny. But yeah, I saw that in the lowest. They have like um stuff about like pollution, like uh, people like marching, marching the world to its grave, which is great. Totally agree with that stuff. Um, but yeah, there was a beautiful typo in Noose of Forms when um he's like the crowning vision wrapped so tight around us, coax us all as the fawns dig in. Oh, coax us all. I presume he means chokes. But yeah, I just like the idea of a Coca Cola can like being involved <laughs> in the. Crucifixion. Um, was this a
1: typo on Metal Archives? I'm assuming or it's that, Metal it?
0: Archives. I'm pretty no. sure he's not going to be like no. actually writing that. But if he is, fair enough, man over the people. Someone whoever's mistakes. got the
1: CD or the can cross-reference that with the uh, with if they've included the lyrics in the liner notes.
0: Yeah, any Metal Archives um, editors listening to this right now are probably rushing to to the MA page, like, seeing if it's still there, so they the pos- can correct probably
1: it. Probably too busy changing all the cat pics back from when they had all the band members, <laughs> all the bands. So, so. That was cool. That
0: was brilliant.
1: Yeah, you mentioned some good points. Um, Thin is, it's, um, it's like Chuck Shoulder with the whole Crystal Mountain thing, right? You know, it's like it's a, it's a slam on like more of the um, the the capitalistic nature of some of the churches.
0: Yeah, totally. More
1: so than anything else. And do you know what? Like Immolation and one of the bands, first time I ever listened to them, I was just like, that's how evil death metal should sound. Because mm. there's so many bands that do a really hackneyed version and it's really derivative and just flat out corny. But like, I was like, this sounds malevolent. This sounds evil, but it's groovy. It's like it's like just a perfect storm of ingredients for a band, which is why I think they're so revered even to this day, and why they can essentially release. You know, they haven't steered or deviated too far from you know their core sound. Uh, they throw in you know like a few different things every now and again, but just um, everything about this, the band and this album in particular. because I, mean, I could go on about the band and the other albums, but this album in particular, I think, is just. Uh, another uh, noteworthy addition to their discography. I think the production on this album is better than a lot of their other albums as well because um, they signed to Nuclear Blast in the 2010s and some of the post-Nuclear Blast albums um, are a bit more kind of like the production could be a bit thin. Mm. Um, but like, I actually think it's a lot fuller on this album, much more in the same way as it was on the earlier albums. So it's uh, yeah, overall, I was incredibly impressed.
0: Yeah, same. I thought it was just fucking big, chunky brutal, delicious album. All right, so, yeah, I think, I think it's really interesting how they explore religion, not from just one angle, from, like, multiple angles, multiple points of view. I really like that. Um, You know, they really like going in-depth into it and exploring everything they can. So, for example, like, I saw that, for example, Blooded was from the point of view of, like, a war angel fucking loads of people up, and it's, like, disgustingly brutal, and he's, like, enjoying it, and that's disturbing. Like, he's not actually, from what I understand being like, yeah, go kill people, you know? Um, and like Monarch of Useless Ruin, that was really cool. That was like a kind of eco, um, like, you know, look what you're doing to your environment. Your fatal harvest grows, nothing but human waste. The blackest of tongues, like the power of the sun, you can give it, give life or take it away. I thought that was really powerful, some really powerful lyrics in there. Um, and then I really also like how they start the album after the instrumental ab- abandoned. The second track is the title track, yeah. An Act of God. Um, which I always think is a bold move. You usually see that in like older older records, I yeah. think.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, title tracks. I mean, maybe I'm just talking absolute bullshit, like as, as I typically do. Like <laughs> I always get the impression title tracks tend to be near either the middle yeah. or like the last track Exactly, of the album.
0: exactly, yeah. Yeah, so you're kind of shooting your shot right at the beginning. But I think that, that shows that people are, are confident in their work when they do that. I think that's a good move.
1: Yeah, because I think that's like these bands, just the Immolation the are just absolute stalwarts of the scene. Like, you know, they've been doing this so long, and like, I just love, I absolutely am obsessed with their guitar work. I think just the, just the incorporation of the pinch harmonics and just mm-hmm. some of the really dissonant riffs and. Like, you know, they've got a perfect blend of, like, atmosphere and groove that I think is really quite a tricky thing to capture. I feel like a lot of bands veer to either one or the other. Yeah. And I think that's why Immolation as a band have got, like, a lot of cross-genre appeal, like, even to, like, the black metal circles, because there is such a strong atmosphere on this album. Like, take the uh, the, the second track or the third track. If you go by the track, and The Age of No Light. Like, that almost sounds a bit like, like Hellenic black metal at times, like a bit hmm. Rotten Christy. Uh, that's a good adjective isn't it Rotten Christy <laughs>
0: um,
1: and uh, yeah just everything from like just like the tremolo riffing um, Steve Chalatay's drums are just phenomenal I do think the toms do sound a bit clicky at times but I can, I'm a little bit panicky when it comes to drum production because I think you know, in the death metal scene where you get... Where there's so many triggered drum performances. I think it, it can sound a bit too clinical and sterile at times. But for the most part, the drums sound amazing on this album. And great solos as well. Like mm. from the the, the the Kerry King school of absolutely maniacal solos. But uh,
0: <laughs> far, far
1: more skillful, I would say. I don't want to uh, shit on yeah. King solos too much. Because I do like King solos. but um... yeah,
0: It's less modem energy.
1: <laughs> but... <laughs> Just so many fucking good riffs. just a couple points I've noted. Uh, The track, When Halos Burn, um, about 1 minute 25, get what I would describe as probably the hardest part of the album. Mm. By hard, I mean the bit that slaps the most. Like it's just such a crunching, groovy riff. And I just love it when... I love it when the drum, do you know when you get double bass that kind of like punctuates like the riff? But, yes, but I like, love
0: it. It's filthy. But yeah, yeah, but like
1: it's done sparingly. Like it's not yeah. like, when it's done constantly, it it drowns it out. But when it's done and syncopated properly with the mm. rhythm section, it's it's just the best sound and thin in the world.
0: It's like a delicately spiced riff. Exactly. Yeah.
1: It's like that. What's that guy with the salt bay? Guy <laughs> with the, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah Some uh, Let the Darkness In, that's, got a gr- that's a great track. It's got a guest vocals from uh, Dan Lilker from... Uh, brutal Truth and Nuclear Assault. Oh, no way. So legendary grindcore band and legendary thrash band. Um, and the last track, Apostle. I think that was a fantastic track. Uh, one minute, 26 seconds. in again, you get another ridiculously hard riff. Uh, it's just everything is just so pummeling and just thunderous. Like Ross mm-hmm. Dolan's bass and vocals are amazing. Yeah. I think he's a great vocalist because he is one of the few who manages to maintain that kind of the, the bestial guttural pitch while still being intelligible.
0: Yeah, his his diction is fantastic and it's rhythmic. I do love like when someone's got a big fat vocal like that. It's like really, it's not like thin, you can tell it's not raspy, it's not in the throat, he's like really like it's full bodied. His yeah. voice like really coming up from like his whole body and it's so like it's really well recorded. You can almost hear like the spit in his in his throat as he's like enunciating all this stuff and he's like spitting it out. Yeah. You can hear like the hatred in his voice beautiful work I
1: love it yeah production wise I think this might be the best his vocals have sounded um, it, they did sound great on the atonement as well the album before this but like some of the earlier albums they were a bit muddled in with a lot of the guitar work which is quite typical of death metal to be honest mm. um, but no he's always been one of the better death metal vocalists I feel because like as you said like you know it, a lot of it is quite meticulously thought out and I feel like he treats it as if it's like another instrument and it's not just like I feel like he, when you listen to a lot of death metal you realise that they probably write the music and think, ah, fuck, someone needs to do vocals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just fucking, <laughs> just, 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 just grunt just over some parts, yeah. Yeah. But nah, it's, um, every component of immolation is firing on all cylinders. And, you know, and I think that's testament to how great they are as a band, because it'd be so easy. I don't know many bands, funnily enough, Suffocation being one of the other ones who <laughs> have helped craft a sound, a particular niche of death metal, and they're still releasing albums to this day, 30 years into their career. And it still sounds as fresh as the earlier albums. Like it's just something in the waters in New York. Probably chlorine and fluoride.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now I'm just thinking of loads of uh, bands with like Asian in their names. So I've got Cow Decapitation. Oh yeah, Cattle Decapitation, well. of course. Desecration. Desecration. From Wales. Blood Incantation.
1: Blood Incantation, yeah. <laughs> there is a band, I can't remember the front, called Nun Immolation.
0: That's funny. As in like... Yeah. A, a, a lady nun. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I wasn't. sure. Yeah. Yeah. N U
1: N in relation. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Is there another one? Yeah. There's, there's loads out there. There's it's so just, many. It's like just so many, so many of those tropes. It's like the, um, like the amount of bands that have like the pre- the same prefixes and suffixes. Like. Internal. <laughs> spectral. Spectral. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's like the new one, isn't it? Yeah. Spectral.
0: Spectral's a new black. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. But now just I think. I could I could go on and on about this band, but I just think you know, just fucking hats off to them. Well done. I think this is um, just shows why they're the kings of death metal. Like I rank them as one of the best five death metal bands of all time, mm-hmm. and I don't think they get nowhere near enough as appreciation as they do from the scene. You know, I, I have them way up there with bands like Morbid Angel and um, and uh, Suffocation as well. So
0: there you go, showing our appreciation embellishment. <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think it's a it's a beautiful piece of work. Like really amazing how they can get music that's so complex on so many layers and add those vocals in there um without it being awkward no. as well and then wrap it all up into a beautifully produced Delicious album.
1: Good album cover as well. Same artist that done the Venom Prison oh, album yeah. cover.
0: No, oh, that explains a lot because it's got the oh. same like horrifically traumatized energy to it. Yeah, it's an yeah.
1: Eloran Cantor. So he's mm. done quite a few albums, like some really prominent bands throughout the years. Like Amazing. he's done a lot of good work and it's uh, got a very distinct style. I think Venom Prison have used him for all their albums. Makes sense. If I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, the Venom Prison album, well, we'll get to that when we do it, but that cover is horrifying to look
1: at. It <laughs> it is.
0: Well, should we move on to Tuscar's Matriarch? Yeah, let's. Um, yes. This is their first full length after three EPs. Um, so it's like their kind of first big old um, album that they've done. Um, it's five tracks, 41 minutes. I think it's a banger. What do you think?
1: I love this album. I have never ever heard of this band. I've, have, have you listened to any of the EPs? I had not
0: um, I've seen them live. Yeah. Um, I've kind of like dug in and in and out over the years. But this is the first time I've like been like, okay, their, their album's out. I'm going to properly dive in and just sit with a whole whole piece of work they've done.
1: Yeah. It's no, I was really, really pleasantly surprised. Um, I think firstly, like a, one, I don't know many bands from Milton Keynes. Have you ever been to Milton Keynes before? I've
0: not been to Milton Keynes. It's a it, mythical place.
1: It's strange. It's like a video game city. Like it's really, it's, it's, it's like grid-like. So it's like the US oh. cities, but it's it's almost all being constructed. So. It's like you don't get much greenery and stuff. I went to watch a wrestling show there once and walked around because we were there super early.
0: Wow. And it was, yeah,
1: it was like I was inside a video game. Really strange. Massive shopping center as well.
0: It sounds like an obscure British dessert. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it? Like yeah, it Kendall be, yeah. mil- Mint Cake or whatever yeah. it is people, Spot people dick. eat. Yeah, is that a dessert?
1: Spot Dick <gasps> is a dessert, yeah.
0: I thought it was a main course. There well, It's something
1: else is when you go Soho, but it's... Uh... <laughs>
0: I mean, I think maybe I'm getting mixed up with Toad in the Hole. Yeah. There's so many, like, weird hole obsessions. <laughs> like, British people love things with holes in them, don't they? Yeah. Like,
1: Sounds like, so that's probably what people, like uh, some US people, think that British people would use <laughs> as a chat line. Can I put my spotted dick in your Toad in the Hole, please?
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's happened.
1: Probably has happened. Yeah. Okay. Neither of which I like, can I just say for the record, I think spotted dick and Toad in the Hole are both fucking disgusting.
0: <laughs> I've never had either. No. i would probably keep it that way.
1: No, but yeah, then we're back to Tuscar. So yes. the album's called Matriarch. <laughs> yes. Um, so from what I've gathered, um, it's it's loosely a concept album based around losing, uh, either I'm guessing, a matriarchal figure, so whether that be a mother or a grandmother. And from reading um, one of the reviews, I gathered that Tyler Hodges, who is the vocalist and drummer, is the one who experienced a loss over, I think, the last couple of years. Um. So I think uh, the album does a pretty good job of kind of... Um, uh, channeling and and portraying that horrific journey which you know i mean i've lost my grandmother but i mean like you can only imagine how how horrible it must be to be in the position of losing the mother for example like i think it's one of those moments in your life that really alters you as a person and i I think it's one of those things you don't ever really recover from
0: yeah and that's only
1: based on that on secondhand knowledge from seeing other people go through it so
0: yeah yeah i've seen that happen in my own family we had like the head of the family die like over a decade ago and it's still the impact ripples down for so many years. And yeah, like when something like that happens, so many relationships kind of fall apart because you don't realize that someone's holding things together until they're gone sometimes. And that causes so much trauma and conflict. And, and it's really interesting. Like reading the lyrics, this was so powerful. I really loved um, how like, they weren't they weren't simplistic lyrics, but they were really powerful lyrics, and they weren't like flowery like typical death metal lyrics that are like very metaphorical, descriptive, like using loads of symbolism. This is like literally like one of the verses is just the herd is doomed, the herd is doomed, the herd is doomed. Like that's so cool. I love I love the kind of um, vulnerability that's that's present inherent in the in the lyrics but then also the music is so aggressive whilst also still having a sense of that loss and that grief and and at times shame which i think is really interesting
1: yeah it's uh, yeah it sounds like it's kind of hitting that same vein that kind of black sheep Wall kind of do with you're the... gonna
0: go there yeah, yeah. totally <laughs> yeah
1: so, do you know what I would say? Like, it's funny because musically and sonically, I would say this is quite an accessible album. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of there's, so many times I was listening to it, while I was I was I was reminded of the bands like Conan, um, Mastodon, and even Gojira. At times, I was saying this to Shen before we started um, recording. Like, you know, there's they've done a great job of presenting a subject matter that is you know deeply personal, mm. um, but presenting it in a way that I feel like it's not impenetrable. Like, I think there's and there's a lot of variation on this album like if you compare the track like say shame for example which is probably the most somber track and i think here vocally his most uh, vulnerable one yeah where i think you know it's i actually couldn't get access to the lyrics annoyingly i, I oh, couldn't see them anywhere
0: i went to genius.com oh did you yeah they weren't oh. on um like metal archives or anything know.
1: yeah that's my fault for just relying, relying on metal, on metal archives, archives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the database of all metal <laughs> But we should ob- get
0: a sponsorship from them, seriously. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just, it's funny, it's just like I remember the first time like I came across them. It was must have wouldn't have been long after they found it as well. And I was just like, this is amazing. Like, I know. The, it's like, the, it it's all black.
0: <laughs> I remember being impressed that it was black. That was yeah. before the days of like dark mode or whatever it is called. It looks
1: the same. Like it has
0: I, I think, love that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's uh, but yeah. But no, like the track shame, it's just um And I love the way how it like, you know, it it starts off quite, you know, like really remorseful and quite somber and then builds up. I think it takes about five minutes and it changes up and builds to a really like climactic, like cacophony of screams and like gargantuan like riffs Mm. Um, that, you know, compare like a track like that, which is, you know, something more akin to like, you know, a neurosis style track. To like the uh, the, the track uh, To The Sky, which sounds like it was like something off of a Macedon album. Yeah. You know, with like the noodly guitar riffs, you know, there's a lot of variation here without it sounding. And it doesn't sound disjointed. Like it's it does sound like the same album throughout. So yeah, I was seriously, seriously impressed.
0: For sure. Absolutely. It's impressive. It's a two piece as well. And also people singing while playing drums are like, I don't understand how people can do that. It blows my mind.
1: Yeah it's what The thing is it was one of those things where you like two pieces are always something I'm doubtful about until I see it live and see it performed like the the bands that come to mind the main one is is Mantar like I don't know if you've ever listened to much of yeah, Mantar yeah, but yeah. like um I actually really dig them I think they're quite good and I think live i have
0: seen them live as well they're good yeah. yeah
1: But they've got a similar setup where the drummer is doing the vocals and yeah. and and you've got the guitarist who's just who just is prancing about like an absolute maniac and and it's it's always so impressive when you see a two piece uh, produce so much of a, of a stage presence, and um, the only other part I can think of, which which is Inquisition, but obviously <laughs> Inquisition, uh, uh, an incredibly problematic band. But they were yes,
0: they are yeah. yes, they are. But
1: fucking, fucking like
0: Inquisition, I, mean, I still see
1: a lot of people wearing Inquisition shirts as well. I'm just like I know,
0: season of mist still sell them.
1: Fuck, it's crazy, isn't it? That's but... Just
0: why are you doing that? Like fucking hell, my um. Let's move on from that fucking dumpster fire of a band yeah. inquisition um, <sighs> <laughs> anyway um so yeah my favorite the first time i ever saw a two-piece um was i was on youtube in like 2007 or something i, f- I found lightning bolt um, a live video of, oh. have you ever listened to lightning bolt they're no, fucking never. incredible so good it's like really energetic bass and uh, bassist and drummer and it's just mental it's incredible to watch so i've always had like a healthy respect for two pieces yeah um because i think i kind of like i have high expectations but they are usually met because i'm not i don't haven't i have obviously not encountered the bad ones yet um but yeah like lightning bolt are amazing live yeah no well. they've heard of lightning bolt they're good
1: well I suppose the other only other two pieces i can think of is uh what's that band that broke big in like the 2010s royal blood I don't know. Yeah, they were—they were like a big two-piece. They were like, they were like they the token rock band that the scene picked up on. And Obviously, oh. White Stripes as well, right? There was just the oh, two actually, of them. I like yeah. White
0: Stripes. I know it's not necessarily cool to like them, but I, don't, no. I genuinely like White Stripes.
1: I don't think I know any other song apart from Seven Nation Army. So um,
0: I'll... about white orchid. You, t- you got a white orchid and you turned it blue.
1: No, I don't think I know that song. I just really yeah. like
0: the music. I think Death it's good.
1: From above. Death from above. Oh, Death from Above! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them as well. Yeah. But. Bye. anyway, so I, what are the tracks? I really love the last track, Grave, as well. Mm. I just think it's, um, I just want to give a shout out to Joe Clayton, who's the producer. He's worked with a lot of bands, and I think he's kind of made a name for himself as being one of the best kind of underground uh, producers. He's done albums for Conjurer, uh, Mountain Caller, um, Kaina, I think just how you pronounce it. You know, the one-man black metal band. You ever listen to any of their stuff.
0: Oh, C A I two dots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I kinda. with like an
1: umlaut kind yeah, of. Yeah, they're yeah, they're cool. They're cool. Yeah. And uh, worlds as well, like a, oh, who, yeah. who are a great kind of like um, kind of blackened sort of thrashy uh, band from Manchester. But yeah, so like he he does such a great job, I think, of just creating that really like black hole sized guitar sound. Like the guitars do sound pretty monolithic and this album and I think it lends so much more to the album's kind of uh well the weight of the subject matter and just the the compositions themselves because there's just some seriously, seriously good like riffs here, like the track Halcyon Guilt. Um that, that's even like it starts with like this cool, like almost Goodiresque like kinda like noodling muted guitar line. Um but then ugh, fucking just like a real sick like post sludgy Neurosis style riff kicks. Neurosis. In. Neurosis. I'll take it <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah and just like there's um it's, there's even times where i think like the vocals the vocals are really good as well i have to yeah, say at yeah. times he sounds a bit like troy sanders uh yeah. macedon and just like it's sometimes it's just massive. out and out screaming like it's just it's a really good combination of sounds and mm-hmm. i was saying to shem before we started record, recording they really reminded me of i forgot the band name again swedish band vokonis
0: oh yeah vokonis were great yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: like it's a real like mishmash of of like familiar sounds and styles but yeah. done in a way that doesn't sound like it's it's ape anyone so totally, I agree. no but yeah totally impressed
0: they'd be a fantastic opener for mastodon i would say oh yeah they'd be really really good um again another album that begins with a title track the first song is matriarch and the album is called matriarch
1: oh you're right and it's probably do you know what that is it's quite a um
0: it's the longest song, too.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting pick, isn't it? Because it yeah. is the longest, I'd say, probably most brooding track on the album. Um, yeah. But it's it's a great track, though. It's got a great build-up. Um, just, yeah, that really sulfuric, sludgy-style riffs that mm. I just I just love.
0: Yeah, totally. I think banger, total banger. I want to see it played live. Um, I'm excited to hopefully see it played live as well. Shall we move on to... Venom Prisons Erebus. Let's. This is an album where there is no title track.
1: There is no title track, but I do believe Erebus is chanted in the last track, Technologies of Death.
0: It is, yes. Which I think is interesting. I've, I think that's really, I think that's a cool move. That um, You don't see that particularly often. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's. Um, yeah, do you know what? I think the cool thing about about all the albums this week, and I think it's something that I always appreciate in albums in general, are bands that take the time to think about their track listing and, and, and linking the subject matter and titles. Like, cause you could totally tell when the band is just like, have, has left it to the last minute. It's just like, oh, fuck, we need to write some lyrics, we need some title tracks. And, you know, sometimes that works, and that, that does work for some artists, but, like, you know, I think it's much easier to connect to the music if there is a deeper meaning there and something to kind of uh, relate to and connect with. And I think you know, uh, Venom Prison have always been a band who, from what I've gathered from any of the interviews I've ever read or seen, that they are that they are a band with quite strong convictions, and um, and there is a message there as well. And I'm loving all. I'm sure you're much more knowledgeable on this than I am. I'm loving all the all the references to Greek mythology. And I love
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm big on my Greek mythology. That was one of the things that drew me to metal in the first place. Was the fact that it was rich in in like mythology and lore and things like yeah. that. I love it. Yeah,
1: I think this is why I was because the thing is, this is why for for the longest time, I was just so done with like a lot of the satanic melts. I'm just like just yeah. bored with this. Like, there's
0: only so deep you can go. Yeah, yeah.
1: So like when bands started, when bands start, you know, covering different you know types of mythology or different areas of of lyrical subject matter Mm. it's just so much more interesting because it's just I don't know I've always just loved reading and hearing about things that I don't know anything about like you know take a band like uh, Melakesh for example like you know there's so much of their lyrics are steeped in uh, their own heritage and it's just great to you know learn about that through their lyricism
0: Mm, totally that's one of the reasons I adore them too Um, and partly because it's familiar for me as well so it's nice that someone's talking about like heritage i can relate to yeah whereas usually it's like yes i know you liked churches or you don't like churches very much you know like yes i I mean i've learned so much about western paganism um it's wonderful to learn about other other mythologies you know like south american mythologies fucking brutal and cool you know yeah Um, And, yeah, like, Australian mythology is fucking amazing. Like, they believe the whole world was carved out by the body of a snake. Oh, shit. Like, moving through, like, over the land, covering, like, valleys and mountains and things like that. It's like a rainbow snake, I think, if I remember correctly. Damn. So cool. Yeah.
1: Damn, so I'm guessing this is, like, the the indigenous people of Australia. Oh, yeah, of course. Not the people we sent over (laughs) to... uh... No,
0: no, no. The real Australians. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Um... Yeah, it's definitely a it's a controversial statement, but indeed, um, yeah. Back to this though, this is a fantastic album. Um, so I think well, is this is their third release.
1: Yeah, uh, technically fourth, but the third one, Primeval, was a collection of early material that Let's they released see. as an album. But yeah, so the first album was Animus, then uh, Samsara, and then this is their third proper full length release.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. They're so groovy, and I do love groove. Um this is perfect. This is like exactly where I like my groove to set. Really good production, incredible vocals. Um like Larissa's a fucking beast. So much respect for her. Um yeah, like I just love the the content of the album as well. I will totally go off on the mythology at some point. Um and like the lyrical themes in themselves around the mythology was all quite modern too. Um it was it was um it was literally Okay, I'll start. I'll start, I'll start on my, my lyrical bullshit because there is an album called "Golden Apples of the Hesperides," which is about iPhones. That's what yeah. the song is about because <laughs> the Hesperides were basically these nymphs that tended to a garden in a particular uh, part of the world according to Greek mythology, it's like near Morocco um, and in the, the garden there was a grove and the, the there was a tree that produced golden apples, the golden apples started the Trojan War yeah. and the apple, um, it's like the apple of discord is presented by Eris one of the goddesses um, of chaos and that starts war and essentially they're just like, yo these apples totally fucking us up, huh? Um, and that's what that song is about. It's about us being addicted to our phones so like, like, literally I think i've I've gotten the lyrics here um it's like it's like decapitated but better. basically so like um the lyrics are like lives minds brains and privacy corrupted sleep thoughts dreams and needs are interrupted say do you think you choose out of free will sport for choice keeping occupied and still the modern media seduction a mind controlling masterpiece through the forces of destruction a new creation is unleashed perception management that is about iphones if you ask me
1: yeah it makes sense it all checks out yeah and do you know it's funny because it starts with like um quite an electronically tinged intro as well mm. if i remember correctly like it's got more there's a lot of electronic influences on this album i think
0: yeah and like i judges of the underworld again it's like i think about people like perception management is like how people view each other people like accusing each other of things like who who's the guilty party things like that so ironically i think these guys are doing like what decapitated should have been doing (laughs) with um cancer culture as they've decided to call it um and they're actually like trying to um delve into current social issues about you know cancel culture or um you know pollution or the fact that we are addicted to our phones um, castigated in steel and concrete, like you know, city life, um, technologies of death. You know, it's it's really interesting. I think they've done a really, really cool job of kind of veiling the present and the future in the past, and using that as a way to convey certain issues.
1: Yeah, it's it's quite it's it's a really interesting way of kind of juxtaposing that, I suppose, isn't it? Like using, like you said, like something as ancient as Greek mythology and and, and, and connecting it to the modern world yeah totally it's funny you mentioned decapitated because i think even sonically it's 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 a kind of similar shift to what decapitated started doing where they i feel like with this album they've taken a step away from like the straight up death metal influences and styles of the previous albums and, and decided to go forward with a more kind of groove orientated and like um i wouldn't say accessible i wouldn't say this is an accessible album by any means like i don't think a, a fan of you know, uh, trap. Machine
0: head. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe machine head. You never know. <laughs>
1: but, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I don't think it's, it's, it's an album that's instantly going to be accessible. Yeah. It's not like bring Me the horizon who decided to release a fucking pop album. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, man. But it's, it's, it's definitely a step in a more, I think all encompassing, uh, heavy music direction, you know it's
0: this will open up their audience significantly. I think this album will will definitely um, be a level up for them in a very good way that they deserve for sure
1: yeah, it's nice it just sounds amazing as well. so it was recorded at grindstone Studios, which is a legendary studios uh, Ipswich in Suffolk. Um, and Suffolk and yes, yeah, so and so by that notion Scott Scott Atkins, who runs the studio is the producer and he does the mixing and the mastering on the album and it, it sounds great. Um, this is their first album of Century Media, I believe. Before this, they were on Prosthetic Records. Yeah. Really so,
0: good record label by the sounds of it. People Slash were on there as well.
1: Oh, on them? Um, uh, prosthetic. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, because yeah, always Prosthetic's always had some absolutely great artists. And I feel like... It's funny because Prosthetic has always been a bit more steeped in the underground. Yeah. Whereas now that this album is on Century Media, it kind of makes sense because Century Media is... This sort of the kind of mainstream metal label, I would say, along with Nuclear Blast and uh, Metal Blade, and yeah, Metal Blade. Um, I
0: think Metal Blade used to be maybe not so much anymore. I don't know,
1: yeah, Metal Blade were kind of because Brian Slager was Metal Blade, wasn't he? He was like big in the whole Metal Blade scene when they were like, um of like run them when they had a lot of the bigger bands on there. And I suppose Roadrunner as well. I don't know anybody on Roadrunner anymore, they but like to... they were the label.
0: Roadrunner is now like, I think Avril Lavigne and shit like that. <laughs> but like um, uh, Immolation signed to Roadrunner in like the 80s or the early 90s. Well,
1: Roadrunner had all the death metal bands. They did. They had yeah. Obituary, that Suffocation, Gore Guts. Like they were the death metal label.
0: I used to go... They, I think they had Sistema for Down because I used to go on Roadrunner when Sode were on there and look at the other bands. And that's how I got into loads of other heavy bands. was yeah. like going on their roster and stuff.
1: Yeah, it's... Yeah, because they had some good shit. And then they, they were also quite quick to jump onto the whole new metal thing as well. Oh, which, yes. Because yes. like they had Slipknot and they signed Nickelback famously as well. So they had Nickelback mm. on their roster for a bit, which was when... I don't know if you've ever heard this project, but they had that project called Roadrunner United.
0: So it's like a football uh, team or something. <laughs>
1: no it was they got um so four key members of the bands on that roster so you had matt heafy um or heafy how do you pronounce the name (laughs) joey Jordison, rob flynn what the fuck? And I, I think the fourth was Dino Cazares. That's so cool. So like the four four metal horsemen of the apocalypse, right there. And and then they were like the chief songwriters for this album, and they got like um so it was about like you know just celebrating um sort of metal and music that had been released for Roadrunner at wow. the time. They got Glenn Benton from Deus in to do a track. They got um Amazing. King Diamond in to do um a track. No. So it was kind of like a like a uh, like an old stars album. Was it good? I've never listened to it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's no, I just, there's no reason so I saw Rob it. Flynn
1: was involved, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs>
0: "That's so funny." I, I saw Rob
1: Flynn, I was like, "No, nah, I'm out." i that. That's
0: so uh, funny. No, but it's
1: um, no, I think I think I might have listened to one or two tracks, but I was it. It came out during the during during a, a phase where I was very much well. I've always been a bit anti-machine head, if I'm mm-hmm. being honest, but um, kind of. Uh, I was very much, I like, didn't want to listen to anything involved with Slipknot and and Trivium as well. And I feel like, I will say though, hats off to Trivium because they've done a great job of kind of turning it around. But They
0: have because they, be, they used to have like no credit at all. Yeah, because yeah.
1: yeah. like the thing is, you got to remember, and I feel for them because they were fucking young when they first started. They and they were, were pushed yeah. to the moon by like a lot of the press. And, you know, that was a lot of pressure on their shoulders. And like, you know, and, and, and the guys I think have done a great job of... You know, much in the same way that Slipknot kind of has as well, being seen as like you know, like real a real credible band.
0: Their new album cover is sick. Have you seen the artwork? It's actually really is that good.
1: Blood in the snow or something. I don't know the what snow? it's or
0: called. The or yeah, oh, it's yeah, like yeah. this, like these, this like medieval fight battle scene in the style of like a renaissance painting. That and like the, cool. the, the, there's like a knight with a shield and it's got like the Trivium logo on it, but yeah. it's like kind of subtle. And then it's just like really beautiful movement and artwork. I love it. It's like oh, I've I have to check that out.
1: No, I've not seen it. Yeah, I was but like
0: genuinely taken aback by it. You
1: do know the the, the story about the review of the album? Right, they tell you this about Metal Injection or someone on Metal Injection. Someone slammed the album when they reviewed it, and then, um, but then everyone else said they absolutely loved it, so they wiped that review clean and then released a <laughs> the review, gave it like nine out of ten. That's
0: so funny.
1: But it was, um, but we do know that there's, there's always politics and the whole reviewing. Oh, there is. Circles. I might have
0: written that review. I remember um, I wrote a review for Metal Injection where I slammed Manowar. 'Cause I Manor were one of my favourite bands and they released the shittest album I've ever heard. Like yeah. I kind of remember what it was called. This was like more than ten years ago. And I was like literally like writing this review with like my face screwed up. Because <laughs> I was like, I love this band, but it's so bad. I don't know what to do.
1: Is it shitter than that Morbid Angel album?
0: Oh mate, It actually might have been. Yeah. I it guess. was around the same time actually. So I think the Morbid Angel album being so bad kind of made them like able to sweep it aside and <laughs> pretend it never happened. Yeah.
1: But anyway, so back to Venom Prison. Hell so yeah. yeah, so this is a band. Uh, well, we'll say I've seen them live quite a few times. And well, the first time I ever saw them live was at Damnation. I want to say it was either 2016 or 17. And they blew me away. I thought they were absolutely stunning live. Like they had, I just loved the, and what's cool about them as a band, and I compare them to another band that does this in a similar fashion, uh, is them and Dying Fetus is uh, able to combine elements of hardcore and death metal, but in a way that doesn't make them deathcore. Mm. So it doesn't sound like because obviously death has become like the sort that they it, for a while deathcore was like the dirty word in the scene or like the the ugly kind of stepchild of, of the different genres, but like there was a point where deathcore was like legitimately exciting with like bands like Red Chord and stuff, but but it, like Dying Fetus, you can argue you can make an argument to say that they are in essence like a bit of a deathcore band because they've always had the elements of old school hardcore like some of the more punk aesthetics. With like the more straight up death metal elements. And Venom Prism are a band that kind of embody that same fusion of styles in a way that sounds as fresh and exciting as when I first listened to Dying Fetus. So I remember watching them live, just thinking like, Rod, this is like this is a bit like Dying Fetus. This is sick. Like, you know, like the proper like slammy style riffs and just like like, you know, high energy, like good punky drum beats and and it's funny because it's I saw them live at Damnation and I saw them at Bloodstock, but it was way too fucking early in the morning because I think they're like the first band on. So my brain was way too fried to enjoy them. And then like for some reason, just never really um, give them much of a chance on record. Do you know why? Just for, for some reason, just never really listened to their albums. But um, I will say that I have, after revisiting their first two albums and listen to this one, it does sound like this is a clear progression and step into uh, some new territory and i think it is absolutely 100 percent the right move for the band because i feel exactly. like you know the first two albums they are great like i enjoyed them like it's, it's it's a good like brutal blend of you know kind of like technical death metal and like and, and like the hardcore sensibilities but like this album like there's so many different elements on here like i was saying there's some electronica influences like what's the track the um you probably have to pronounce it pain of is it oasis
0: i don't actually know how this one i think is i think it's oasis that's what i'm gonna say
1: but, like, that's, like, I think that's probably the first time I think has like, employed some, like, legit clean vocals
0: mm.
1: in one of the tracks. Um, and, yeah, it was just a really nice kind of, like, breakup of, like, the, 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 the chaos and the, and the brutality of the other tracks. Um, and there's some moments in here, there's a lot of, like, Carcass influence and a lot of the leads. Totally, Especially yeah, the track the Comfort of Complicity. Like, a, listen to that. It's like, fuck, this sounds like heartwork here at Carcass. yeah. Um, and then even there's a lot more core elements. There's times where it sounds really kind of like early, late 90s, early 2000s metal core, you know, kind of like Norma Jean and Vision of Disorder style, like before it became, you know, just like, just, just, just pure out the gates, worship and ripoffs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just an absolutely like there's so much going on in this album. So, so much.
0: Yeah, it's a fucking beast. Um, I remember listening to a podcast, I think with Ash Gray, who's the guitarist. And he was talking about how, um, I think for their second release, I think he was at uni or something and the band just blew up and he was like in his final year at uni and trying to like finish doing his studies and like having to be a student whilst also being in a wildly like ballooning, successful, growing band. Um, And I find that that fascinating about them. I really love that, you know, they're kind of, they seem to be handling it quite well. I I don't know, I don't know them or anything, but like from the very far away uh, distance I'm at, they're doing amazing like they're progressing they're playing all these good shows and things
1: yeah i mean i don't know if you um because you're only at the bloodstock on the sunday this year right last year yeah
0: no saturday and saturday Saturday, they they
1: did they did play one of the days i can't remember which one and they had a great set like it was a lot of pyro and stuff and i think it was like from a live perspective it seemed like they definitely like took a step up yeah um and i think that you know i think things are going to be opening up for them um because you know I've, I've always thought they'd been a great live band but i think that now they're definitely they've got the recorded output to kind of match totally. uh their you know their their reputation
0: yeah i'd be terrified of pyro on stage <laughs> i don't think i could handle pyro yeah. maybe hydro i'd be into hydro but not pyro yeah
1: it's it's just do you know what it's just it it's must be so fucking warm. Because I remember seeing, like, I remember you've got that massive gap a lot of time between like the main stage and, yeah. and still feeling the intense heat like a good sort of like 20 feet away. Oh my like, God. Like that must be so fucking hot.
0: One year I was um, doing press at Fair and um, I was in photography. And to photograph Ramstein, they literally had like, they were like, if you photograph Ramstein, we will not be held responsible if you get severe burns. Oh, shit. Because yeah. <laughs> that's how hot it is. The amount of pyro they have. And it, obviously it can go wrong. It's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's... I've never seen Ramstein live, but I've they're just, really good live. Yeah, I've heard yeah. that they are like what a, like a bucketless band to watch live.
0: One of the best live performances I have ever seen. It's Ramstein, probably number one, followed by Kiss. Yeah, yeah.
1: Maybe Nine Inch Nails when you get to see them at Hellfest as
0: well. Oh, I will lose my mind. Okay. Oh. Uh, technically technically um in terms of proficiency in terms of like an interesting stuff going on ramstein was crazy like they had so much stuff going on at the same time it's like looking at a doll's house being cut in half and then there's like five things happening yeah. five people being tortured and set on fire at the same time it's really entertaining there's always stuff going on like till Lindemann had a hole drilled into his cheek so he could put a light inside his mouth so that when he sings light comes out of his mouth That's like that's how much dedication they put into performing which i think is incredible so like i don't think there's many bands that can top that personally like literally having surgery on your face and like deforming yourself to be good on stage um and then kiss was like i mean they're old and they can do stuff that i can't do on stage um which is fucking crazy i don't even like them that much but i liked them after i saw them live i'd always had like a kind of sort of uh, snobbish condescension towards them, I'd say, until I saw them live. And then I was like, fuck, these guys are actually genuinely amazing.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, the funny thing about Kisses, it's kind of, in a way, similar to what, how i used to view slipknot like i used mm. to think ah, oh, this is just it's a gimmick it's like there's yeah. not much
0: I mean, it is. substance behind it but so is pro wrestling it's all gimmicks right exactly it's still great yeah yeah
1: but like you know and it's the same with kiss like you ask most like influential musicians in the extreme world or just the metal world in general they the first yeah the yeah. first band they got into the first the most of them will say the first album they ever got was probably destroyer by kiss yeah like you know and i think like you cannot underestimate like like the visual impact they've had on the scene as well, right? Because I mean, that's totally like corpse paint. But Absolutely. I know the, who, whichever one's the cat looks a bit corny. I don't know if it's <laughs> is, it, is it Chris?
0: Yeah, I don't is, know. is he the
1: cat? But um, but it's like, but you know what I mean? Like Gene Simmons legit looked like a fucking demon.
0: Yeah. And it like was you know, weird fucking, cool. fucking tongue.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's uh, I I love watching Gene Simmons interviews. He's so fucking.
0: Oh my god, it's incredible. There's one where like someone tries to pronounce his real name. Um, and he's got like a Jewish name. And he's like, yeah, you can't say it. You've got a Gentile mouth. <laughs> and it's just such an amazing burn. It's so good. And the interview oh, is God. like totally sta- taken aback. Yeah. um, One of the, so before I saw Kiss Live, um, there was a, like, pro- I think 2013, 14 Hellfest. There's There's something that happens sometimes at festivals when there's like a big headliner playing. Um, and it's like a band like Kiss or Metallica. And people, like all the all the people backstage in like the artist area, like artists will gather around to watch them just walk on stage. Yeah. Um, and there was this, it was like, usually it's quite late. So I think it was like 11 p.m. or something. And there were like, literally every single band that was playing the festival was standing in like a crowd and it was just bands it was literally like it was like where's wally and it's all famous (laughs) metal bands so i think like down was there high on fire was like like sleep was there everyone was like fucking watching these kiss and they come out of their like changing rooms and they're like they're really tired looking and they're wearing their big shoes and they look really weird up close and i remember everyone was like hushed and silent and like in awe of KISS. And they just like slowly like go up the railings onto the main stage because there's this massive staircase of, of metal. And they're just like like stomping up in their big boots and they're like kind of leaning forward a little bit and they look kind of almost frail. And there's this incredible vulnerable moment where everyone's just like, oh my God, it's KISS. Yeah. And you see them all like go up on stage and then it's just like <laughs> fire. um, yeah. And they're playing and it's, it's fucking wild and mad. And yeah, it was, it's a really surreal moment of yeah. like, yeah, I don't know why I just have this, really vivid memory of that happening
1: see that sounds like the complete opposites of when i saw scorpions and i was just like <laughs> they look and sound about 70 years old <laughs> 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 like <laughs> like they're as old as i expected them to be like that's so but, funny no nah, yeah it's so uh, I'd, I'd love to see kiss that sounds amazing
0: they're really good they're amazing live yeah. yeah totally i recommend it and then nine inch nails um like a life-changing band for me they're one of those um performances where i was like holy fuck did not realize you could be this heavy and be so punk and i was like yeah i want to be a musician so that's why they're a good band to see live it will make you do things to your life yeah yeah
1: so speaking of live bands venom prison are also
0: amazing great live band hell yeah and they have pyro which is how we went on this weird long um, rant thing and they
1: seem to be kind of um, just going back to the album again quickly they seem to be kind of going along the same lines that a lot of bands are doing where there seems to be this almost I wouldn't call it a resurgence in new metal because I wouldn't say there's nothing uh, really discernible on this album that I would categorise as new metal but like this weird fusion of like electronic elements like bands like cold orange are doing uh vein
0: um frontier
1: uh, Bomb. like yeah. you know it's definitely there seems to be a band shifting towards a style more akin to that So i would say it's a very chaotic album and i think you know the the drummer um who's who's there joe bills is a drummer um, does a fantastic job of keeping it all together and it all kind of uh, glued in a way where it doesn't just sound like a complete mess like because mm. and i have to say like the guitarists like what well, ash and ben thomas they're absolutely virtuosic on the guitars there's some yes insane guitar moments on this album like which i hadn't heard before in their previous albums so i think the musicianship has definitely like leveled up from previous uh, records and i'm actually really excited to see some of this new material live to see how it kind of translates Totally. Yeah. so it's a uh, yeah overall it's very very impressed because you know they're a band that were never really on my radar too much before this so a band i knew were great as a live band but had yet to become really invested in, in their um discography or their recorded outputs
0: and now we are truly invested Yes. Um, yes, I'm really excited about this. I agree totally. I love the electronic additions. There were some like really subtle details I noticed, um, like there was an intro for one of the songs where it was like a drum fill or like a drum pattern at the beginning, and then there, I, I kind of suddenly realized, oh, they're actually playing some electronic stuff as well. It's like a wavery tone happening yeah. at the same time, um, and I just I love songwriting like that. I love it when people go like they they add those extra details that you wouldn't necessarily pick out yeah. um, immediately unless you're like listening to it to review it to be like okay I've got to listen I've got to hear the things they're doing but if you're like casually listening to it you wouldn't necessarily notice that's happening yeah
1: I think that's why it's one of those albums that you need to listen to a few times to really get a full grasp on it so I'm actually quite looking forward to going back and like you know giving it another shot seeing like seeing what the layers uh, reveal. And I as you were saying before, like Larissa is a great vocalist. And I think yes. her range on this album is far better on previous outputs because she normally favours like that mid that mid-range kind of almost like hardcore Chuck Scholdener-esque kind of mm. yell slash scream. But like there's some great like grunts and like some really good like high end work as well that sound like yes. really like visceral. And like, you know, and I think it's um it's, it's always a sign of a good vocalist when you can pick out who the vocalist is when you hear it. Like yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a distinct sound. Like what I was saying with Ross Dolan from Immolation. Like, you know, it's, you, it's, you want to be able to tell that that's that vocalist. Mm. um and i think um yeah just a great job with the lyrics and just um even the 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 second track judges of the underworld there's a bit where she's like fucking screaming choose your side yeah and then like transitions to like this the the end of that track is so fucking heavy by the way like the it's so fucking mosh heavy and just and she starts employing like the proper death metal style like barking and grunting and it just sounds so fucking sick like it's just it's such a high energy frenetic album that it's um, so I definitely need to listen to it again just to just to fully try and get a grip on what is going on in this album.
0: Yeah, and the the artwork, oh my god, the frantic kind of trauma that's embodied in the stare of this like person that's wedged between like dead bodies in a yeah. pile it's the one all... with the eyes open yeah. right it's, oh uh, my it's, god it's, creep, yeah. it's so powerful i love it it's like one of the best covers i've seen in a long time
1: yeah which makes sense why they've used uh like i was saying before it's a loran cantor um mm. uh great great artist done some fantastic albums throughout the years as well a lot of classic death metal albums as well um, but yeah, it seems like they made all the right choices with this one. You know, using Grindstone Studios, using uh, the same artist again. So, it, and it sounds amazing. Like it's a great sounding album. So, yeah. I think what a week for reviews. I think three yeah. excellent albums, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it's a really strong start to the year. So, um, that's a pretty good way to end the podcast with a strong start. I believe so. Hell yeah! Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> that's, that's...
1: So Sam's (laughs) lost it.
0: He was doing like a really strange yawn where he, he completely deconstructed as a human being. His face kind of just like did some stuff I've never seen a face do before and I was fascinated by it while I was ending it's the like podcast. It's like a King
1: Crimson album cover, was it? it? was, was like,
0: yeah. It was like a Greek kind of like theatrical mask of like emotions and, <laughs> and uh, release. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm assuming that's why Jen was laughing. That or I'm just shit at podcasting. Um, so thank you so much for listening. Please like and subscribe feel free to leave a comment and tell us how amazing we are and what you think of the albums and what we should review next so um, Shem can cough over it while I sign off the podcast (laughs) thank you so much guys until next time bye